heard in session one was an introduction to what are the three levels of politics? What is a cooperator? What is an MLA? What is an MP? And more importantly, what is the history of queerness in India? Right from Ambedkar defending an editor who had published a letter from a gay man in 1930 to Ram Namdev Hassar who had sort of led a morcha of yeah. trans people and sex workers in 1980s. And... Uh, understanding the legacy of the intersection of political activism, queer activism, Ambedkarite, Dalit Bahujar activism, and a range of other oppressed persons' identities that have all been coming together in a larger struggle for equality in this country since time immemorial. And today what we are going to be discussing is if you are queer and you want to get elected, then what is the platform that you can run on? And what does it take in 2020 in India to get elected while being queer? and how you can work towards that. So very excited to be here. Yay. Okay. And so before you, um, thank you. But before you tell us what we can do to sort of get elected, what are the first steps for that? If you can also tell us a little bit about what are the other ways of being involved, because we've already discussed that there are three levels mm -hmm. of representation mm -hmm. that we can sort of buy for. But if getting elected is not how we'd like to begin our journey of sort of being involved in queer politics, what else can we do? What are the other sort of ways of being involved? Mm -hmm. Absolutely. To everyone joining, hello again. Hi, Amea. Hi, everybody else who's joined in. I can see a lot of familiar faces. Drop a comment about where you're from so we'll integrate that in our sort of conversation as we move ahead. Drop any questions that you have in the question box below about being queer, getting elected, and all sorts of crazy things, queer and political. This is Pink Sabha, and you're with two very fun people on your Thursday? Thursday? Friday? Friday Thursday. afternoon. Thursday afternoon. Thursday yes. afternoon. Chalo. Um, so ways to get involved in politics without contesting an election, that's a very good question. And many of you watching will have that question as well, right? That I don't want to run for an election, but I want to do something in the political space. One, keep raising your voice, right? As a young queer person in India today, or as an ally, as a good ally, hi someone from Kashmir, we'll talk about that in a bit. Um, as a young queer person or an ally, make sure that you ask politicians and elected representatives about their stand on queer issues, not just during Pride Month, not just during an event around LGBTQIA plus rights, but when they come to your college as guest speakers, when they come for your uh, convocation or your investiture ceremony, when you see them at any campaign rally or any civil society meeting or any residence meeting in your buildings, right? Make sure that politicians continue being asked the difficult questions wherever they go. If you're a journalist, if you're a lawyer, even better. Take this up one notch further. You'll have a lot of places to meet these folks and ensure that they're held accountable. Now, other ways to sort of get involved in the political system is see what you can do with think tanks, right? See what you can do with other forms of tertiary political entities that can give you an opportunity to be involved in politics. For me, the best way to get involved in politics was working with an MP. And Aditya, who has just joined, was one of our volunteers on the 2019 Lok Sabha election campaign. Hi, Aditya. Um, so there are a bunch of elections coming up. The Bihar state elections will be coming up at the end of this year. The West Bengal elections will be coming up next year. So see whether you can join a political campaign. You might be a great illustrator who can do cartoons. You could be uh, somebody who can handle social media. You can be somebody who can um, manage situations on the ground. So there are a range of ways to get involved in the electoral politics sphere, right? Um, and we'll discuss more of them and sort of more ways to be tangentially involved as we go ahead. Okay, great. 
um so coming back to getting elected and what does one do to get elected mm-hmm. what do you think are the first steps involved if say i do want to um join politics and if that's the way that i want to create impact as a person um i think sachi mm-hmm. will be very excited to sort of start thinking about what is the first step sachi sachi what are the first steps tell us sachi hi shripad shripad <laughs> will also tell us the first step shripad is going to become a great politician and uh, no filter sassy who's written a great piece on things about for gacy as well hi mm-hmm. everybody hi everyone who's joining in drop your questions below tell me where you're from and let's uh, make this more interactive as well so drop your questions i'll try answering them fatafat um so i think step 1 is knowing what form of politics you want to be involved in like mm-hmm. do you want to be involved in electoral politics which is um finding a constituency and getting elected and if you want to get involved in electoral politics do you want to get involved at a level of an mp or an mla or something lower right mm-hmm. do you want to get involved at a space where you will be able to make a difference uh, at a more neighborhood level so the first step towards getting elected while being queer is to find a space for yourself in the political narrative what is it that politicians are not talking about that people want to hear what is the one narrative that you think is not being put out enough what are issues that you think aren't receiving enough attention and these are issues that matter to all of us and these are issues that young people will raise in the years to come right so for young queer people i think the issue of equal rights is an incredibly important one how can we create a platform where we're not just fighting for lgbtqia plus rights right where we're fighting for rights of all marginalized folks because queer people are muslim queer people are dalit queer people are adivasi queer people are bahujan queer people are kashmiri uh queer people can be differently abled queer people can struggle with mental health issues and how do you bring all of these different sort of concerns together and how do you create a really powerful platform that speaks out to those who aren't receiving a platform so far right so much of our politics today is dominated by issues that sort of don't resonate with young india right no. they're dominated by what's happening on the border when we shouldn't care about and should leave it to people who know better they're dominated by stupid conversations around throwing tv sets out of housing societies in delhi yes, which is don't really like that. that doesn't help anybody uh they're dominated by religious hatred by casteism mm-hmm. by all forms of vile um vile sort of divisionary tactics right and people are looking for a change why don't we talk about how our cities are not accessible Right. whether it is for those who live uh with cerebral palsy or whether it's for those who depend on a wheelchair to get around why don't we talk about the fact that we need more urban solutions to affordable housing that young indians can finally dream of having a home or renting a home of their own why don't mm-hmm. we speak about the fact that uh new jobs being created in so many new sectors simply aren't available to indians because we haven't been able to skill our young individuals in the way that other countries have been able to we're thinking too 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 slowly for a country that's so young right. and we're going to need young people to create platforms that respond to different forms of marginalization platforms that are unique platforms that are cutting edge platforms that actually speak to young india's aspirations because remember that almost half of this sort of country is going to be under the age of 25 soon right and if we're going to be able to cater to their demands if we're going to be able to create a platform that speaks to niche interests 
that's when we're going to be able to make any form of lasting change happen. And I'm just getting this question that I'm seeing from Atmadeep. Hi, Atmadeep. Yes. Atmadeep handles Pinklist India's Twitter and is a rock star in his own right. Uh, Atmadeep asks, how do you work behind the scenes helping queer-friendly politicians on policies that impact our rights? Write to them. You'll be surprised. <laughs> I started working in Kashmir by writing very randomly to Omar Abdullah and the governor and the director of school education in Kashmir. All of them replied. Our politicians are not as busy as you think they are. Mm. Like literally just an email goes a long way. And as far as you're bringing it to their attention and making them take note, they're happy to listen. I've had a great time working with Supriya Sule in Maharashtra, right? Supriya's been a vocal ally for the community. She's been very responsive to suggestions. And even a simple WhatsApp being like, what are you doing? And if there is a COVID-19 pandemic that's hit our state, are you taking care of trans people who don't have ration cards? And literally just bringing this to the attention of your elected representatives is the first step. And hi, hello. So lovely. <laughs> okay, Sakshi uh, has a question. Is, She's asking you, is multi-portfolios ideal? So multi-portfolio, Sakshi, you're speaking like a true businesswoman. Huh? What is this multi-portfolio? <laughs> She's very like, serious. Huh? This is very not like, oof. But yeah, like in the stock market, you would not put all your eggs in one basket. In politics, definitely don't put all your eggs in one basket. Because one, there are not enough out queer people to make you win just on queerness. Like, mm -hmm. unless we get like a Hell's Kitchen type of constituency in Bombay where all the queers migrate to one area, please do, somebody please do that. Like, it would be brilliant. Like, just no heads allowed. Um, but uh, we do that and then that will be brilliant. But... Till then, uh, definitely multi-portfolio, like speak up about a range of issues, civic issues predominantly, we need people speaking up on those, uh, environmental issues, right? We saw that RA was sort of incredible in its uh, ability to galvanize young Mumbai cars in a way that simply hadn't happened before. And um, there was a great uh, uh, nara that came out, there was a protest that we had at uh, the Bolsonaro's visit to India for Republic Day that horrible vile yes. transphobe who said <laughs> and homophobe who said if i see two men kissing i'll beat them up as they come to mumbai pride not try it um it was happening just a little while later um but the nara that we came up with was uh ra amazon queer ladai fascist fascist bhai bhai <laughs> and it was something that worked right because people really care about the environment about environmental issues and queer people are at the forefront of leading conversations around these and we bridge those solidarities we bring together those movements. We create these unique narratives that sell multi-portfolio and invest across the board. So um, what are the most sort of pertinent challenges do you see in trying to able a multi-portfolio um, and hmm. trying to build coalitions in this space? Because obviously we keep talking about this, we keep talking about the queer community as this one homogenous community and it's not. Um, and when we say that one is supposed to try and find ways in which one can reach out to different communities, uh, and when we when we say equal rights for all, how does one try and forge these alliances? And what do you think are the biggest issues in question. trying to forge these alliances? You know, I want to actually bring in uh, an incredible person here, is Disha Pinky Sheikh. I brought mm -hmm. her up last time also. I think she's phenomenal, right? She's the first trans woman to be uh, the spokesperson of a political party in Maharashtra. She's uh, a Dalit Bahujan uh, activist and an Ambedkarite poet. Uh, she's also recently nominated to the Transgender Welfare Board in Maharashtra. So congratulations to Disha. Um, and Disha's perspective on this is unique, right? She says that 
we form alliances with those who've already faced attacks on their identities because they know the space we're coming from, right? And her experiences with the Vanchit Bahujan Aghadi, which is a mm -hmm. Ambedkarite political party that was formed in Maharashtra recently, have been instructive. She's managed to single-handedly turn around perceptions within the party, within politics, which is an incredibly heteropatriarchal, male-dominated, toxic, masculine space, by simply speaking towards languages of oppression, right? And saying that, you know, you cannot be hypocritical, that fighting for rights cannot be one-sided, and that if you're fighting for Dalit rights, then you have to fight for queer rights as well. And I think that's where you start building alliances and you start finding ways in which uh, those who do face similar forms of marginalization can come together and understand each other. And it's a long drawn out, incredibly tedious, hard process, right? Yeah. It's going to take years, but that's the beginning of something beautiful, right? We're at this Hollywood moment, right? And if I don't know how many of you have seen Hollywood on Netflix, it's beautiful. I love it. It's got a lot of problems also. It thinks that everything can be changed overnight. But Hollywood is a beautiful series that shows that what if Hollywood in the post-war period mm -hmm. had not become the racist shit show that it is? And if some casting decisions had been different, the future of cinema would have looked very different than what it is today. And it wouldn't have taken so long for black people to win an Oscar. It wouldn't have, it wouldn't have taken Oscars so white as a hashtag to trend uh, globally for change to happen. And that's where we are in India, right? I think for every young queer person watching this live right now, remember that you are at the forefront of change. You are pioneering the queer movement in India today because it's a young movement. And where we take it, how we take it forward, and how we manage to make change happen is going to fundamentally redefine what it means to be queer in India for years to come. And we have the ability to not fall for the same sort of errors that the West has made, where sort of white gay men have been racist also during the Orlando shootings and come out as Islamophobes, where we don't want to make the same mistakes, where we've got a bunch of turfs dominating the narrative. Uh, even within the queer movement. We want to build something separate. We want to build something different. We want to build something powerful and have fun while doing it. Because pride is a protest and a celebration. So it's going to take a long time. These solidarities will take forever to build. But um, they will be built. And they will be built by young people here. Right. Sorry, there are a bunch of questions of, also. Sorry, I keep jumping in when you're speaking. But speaking of um, huh. some of the pitfalls that we were talking about, there's this one really interesting question here by Arjun, who's sort of asking us whether, how does one engage with the current government and how does one negotiate between homophobia and practicality? So that's a very good question, right? Uh, for me, uh, as somebody who has publicly opposed uh, the BJP and the Prime Minister on a variety of issues, it is important for me to hold my own while uh, establishing what political views I consider acceptable and what I don't consider acceptable. At the same time, at the pink list and with other sort of work that I engage upon, it's important to negotiate with whoever is in power, right? right. I cannot ignore the fact that this man has been elected as the prime minister of this country. I cannot ignore the fact that my MP is not from a political dispensation that I support. But I think that it's important also for me to recognize that uh, my engagement with politicians, be it from the Congress party where I've worked before, be it from someone like Disha from the Vanchit Bahujan Aghadi, or be it from friends in the BJP who are MPs and sort of spokespersons there as well, is one that isn't an approach that's dominated by begging bowl politics. Right. It's a demand for rights, right? Mm -hmm. You engage with an elected representative as an equal. 
you demand that they speak up on queer issues you demand that they're lgbtqi plus friendly right because it's not enough for them to uh, give us some rights as if they're doing charity right mm-hmm. support yeah. for women's rights is not something that you take as some sort of uh, god given uh, gift or some sort of um, extraordinary feat that you deserve to be celebrated for i demand equal rights because it's your responsibility to deliver on equal rights and when you engage on that platform when you engage that these are the priorities these are the things that need to be implemented and these are things that you have to work towards that's the engagement that you can uh, build even with homophobic and with uh, conservative forces including the present dispensation right and it's hard right it's going to be incredibly difficult but the numbers add up the sort of viewpoints add up and the way we build our narratives again if only queer people stand up for queer rights queer rights are going to go nowhere yeah. but if all sort of equal rights activists come together where differently able rights activists are speaking up for queer issues like bishaka datta at point of view does right point of view is phenomenal you should check them yeah. out uh, yes, does incredible work at the intersectionality of disability mm-hmm. rights and other rights uh, when you see dalit parties like the vanchit bahujan aghadi take up queer rights when you see other sort of political formations and sort of conversations happening around queer rights that's when we can move forward mm-hmm. um we're getting a lot of questions also abby yeah, the positive we'll jump into a, a couple more questions kids. but before just just a second before i jump into um some of these questions i also wanted to share some more examples if you can of what it means to have sort of a, a, a diverse portfolio uh, because you gave us you gave us bishas example and that was fantastic you tell us a little bit more about people within the indian subcontinent that have um, sort of developed a really strong platform um, that would be great mhm mhm so i think uh, i'm going to go a little bit into history but you know i want to take mm-hmm. on this question because uh, i want to finish up this part about uh, mm-hmm. building solidarities with abby's question right bunch yeah. of queer kids started having a conversation on queer rights with some conservative mm-hmm. muslim folk during a ca protest in bangalore we had a positive response and i believe we built some alliance there abi that's exactly the 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 response i've had in mumbai when i went to mumbai bag right after mm-hmm. mumbai pride with my rainbow jhola in like tiny shorts and i had a no ca no nrc t-shirt and a placard that spoke up on kashmir ca nrc and uh, the uh, dalit bahujan adivasi and muslim rights i was at mumbai bag which is like the shaheen bag version of bombay and like so many people wished me happy pride and this is like in the heart of conservative uh, muslim dominated neighborhood in bombay and these are natural alliances right these are yeah. alliances that we've been told by conservative forces are not possible not possible these are alliances that we've been led to believe will not happen but all it takes is showing up and they happen and they happen beautifully i'll give you an example right i wrote an article on kashmir uh, because i was incredibly disturbed by what happened last august and continues to happen in kashmir right now right um because i've been working in kashmir for almost 8 years now and been working on a range of issues uh on the artistic and cultural fronts but also in recent years a little bit on queer rights and after the abrogation of article 370 there was a massive propaganda machine right that was put into painting the removal of article 370 as a victory for lgbtq plus rights so yeah. absolute bullshit hogwash right they said that article 370 gaya matlab 377 gaya because that's the only chronology they samajhiye right this uh, is this is not an argument i've heard what 
Yeah, because three seventy gaya, matlab three seven seven gaya. Modi ji has brought gay liberation in Kashmir. Hmm. I was like one rubbish. Supreme Court ka verdict aaya six September two thousand eight. Uske saath hi Kashmir mein bhi three seventy seven gira. What legal experts have also said. Aap ye propaganda machine bana rahe ho, aur aap bhool rahe ho ki you have imposed the longest, most brutal communications and. Uh, blockade movement on movement communications blockade and a blockade on movement in the history of kashmir and that has taken away every single safe space that kashmiris had for young queer kashmiris the internet was the only safe space their mobile phones the only place where they could be themselves because home is not a safe space for so many queer people right and taking that yeah. away imposing this inhuman communications blockade that is a human rights violation and then painting yourself as protectors of lgbtq plus rights in the valley is pink washing it's rubbish it's hogwash and needs to be called out by all of us right yes and i wrote absolutely. a piece on this that was the uh, for queers in kashmir there is no gay liberation and came on again times of india uh, op-ed page under shobhadi again uh, which is why people read <laughs> it uh, and it led to some incredibly beautiful responses right where A lot of people within the queer community said we hadn't considered this about being queer in Kashmir, and a lot of people in Kashmir who read it said that we hadn't considered this about our own queer citizens. And surprisingly enough, at Delhi Pride and at Bombay Pride, after you saw a lot of Kashmiris come out for Pride, yeah, and you saw queer people taking out placards for Kashmir at Pride and at CA and RC protests. And you can't do one without the other. Of- you can't. Exactly, and you built a solidarity right there, right? It yeah. was that easy. And for those who tell us that it's not possible, those who tell us and spew this Islamophobic, vile hatred, and push their own nefarious agendas, this is a reminder that these are alliances that are being built and will continue to be built. And Abi, I completely agree with you. And these are alliances that we have to continue building and actively and proactively build on because there is something there. and there's something so powerful that the government is afraid of it which is why they come up with this counter propaganda but i want to go on to um, um your point of, also again speaking of coalitions because you've been talking about coalitions uh, and because you just mentioned it right now in terms of the natural coalitions kit that get built uh, and because you've been talking about also um the ways in which we had um support for the kashmiri cause and then also support for the queer movement um sort of across these lines i also want to talk a little bit about what it means when there are individuals within a certain movement that will want to not speak for the rights of another movement for example even if we were to speak of um the pride in bombay and just a lot of the conversation that was happening around i don't want to get into that right now but just because we're talking about rights for all and the fact that you can't speak for rights for one community without talking about rights for another community um how would you respond to then this kind of um i guess lack of interest that one has in the rights of another community or uh, the fact that you can belong to an oppressed group and then still be so Uh, you know and, so there are two things and that's a large group there of are, people right that's that's a very large group so now my my simple argument to them is what has your stupid investment in only queer rights and queer rights being separate from other rights gotten you in so many years if i was to handle a political campaign for anybody or political strategy for any community i would call you an idiot because as a politician i don't care about what 5000 people who show up for mumbai pride in a city of 20 million you don't matter you're irrelevant you are a minuscule minority whether you like it or not 
right? The number of people out of the closet in this country is enough to be counted uh, as like maybe enough to win one municipal constituency in a city like Bombay, right? So at a time when you haven't built a queer movement that's large enough to make a political impact, how are you going to take the argument and the fight for your rights forward if you don't build coalitions? And who is going to stand up for your rights? Who is going to stand up against the Transgender Rights Act tomorrow? We've got a transphobic transgender rights act. Our courts are clearly incapable and incompetent of delivering any forms of justice. And if we want to have any form of political mobilization, any form of political will, if we don't build a larger identity-based coalition that bridges our rights with those of others, where others fight for our rights as well, only queer people speaking up for their rights is not enough because yes, you have a few talking heads like me and a few other gay men who will get newspaper columns and uh, space on Mirror Now or Times Now to put out their views, but that's token representation. It's going to take us nowhere. Yeah. So unless we build a movement, I want to know that if there is a morcha for trans rights, can we get 50,000 people in Mumbai to march to the Vidhan Sabha and say that Maharashtra should not implement Transgender Rights Act? If we can't with just the queer community, then who else can we do it with? Okay. Are we going to do it with the same party or the same alliances uh, that got that act in place? I don't think so. You're going to have to find political opposition that agrees with what you say and build those alliances forward. And so it's incredibly important because to only fight for queer rights is one, to ignore that queer Muslims exist, queer Dalits exist, queer Adivasis exist, queer Kashmiris exist, which is ridiculous because if we're a community and we don't stand up for others within our community, then we're a bunch of hypocrites. Mm -hmm. And the second thing is that we need to understand that only fighting on queer issues is going to take us nowhere. As queer people, we need to be involved in the fight for RA. We need to be involved in the fight against uh, deforestation. We need to be involved in the fight for better access to uh, differently abled persons in healthcare infrastructure. We need to be involved in the fight against exorbitant charging of fees by hospitals during COVID-19. We need to be involved in COVID-19 relief work, right? Yes. If we're not going to be able to bridge those gaps and we're going to be happy in our little echo chambers, it's not going to help. Echo chambers are powerful when they start speaking to other echo chambers and collaborating to build a voice. Echo chambers on their own are downright silly. Okay, we have a question here um, that's, that's talking about fear, and I think that's an important question when we're talking about voicing one's opinion and finding a platform. Um, we have somebody asking us, how does one evade the fear of being attacked by calling out the prime minister and elected leaders? How does one critique without uh, fearing for their life, basically? Which is, yeah, a, a very relevant question today. It's incredibly important, right? Uh, the amount of vitriol that we're seeing on social media is unprecedented. Yes. Anybody who has an opinion is being attacked left, right and center with the most vile forms of hatred. And if any of you are facing this, I'm very sorry. Please reach out. Uh, always here in solidarity, here to help in any way I can. Um, know that you're not alone, right? And more importantly, realize that people only criticize that what they fear. And the fact that they're critiquing you means that your voice is important and it's being heard. And it is making a difference somewhere. Because for every one hateful and spiteful comment that's put out there, there are 100 other eyeballs that are reading what you've said and agreeing with what you've said, but don't have the courage to speak openly. And you speaking out despite that hatred is going to give them that courage. So if your mental health permits it, and if you can continue doing that, speak out. Because remember that others are watching. 
Um, so we have somebody asking us, what is the importance of one's social media presence along with the groundwork? And how does one balance mm-hmm. that? Does one balance that? Where does one put mm-hmm. um, a priority status on, etc.? So it's actually a very good question, right? Two questions that you asked. Is it too late to enter politics? Never. Because I remember your previous question also about 30. Never. <laughs> Most of our politicians, the, the, the standard refrain in the Congress party is your career beca- begins when you're 50 plus. You're 50, till you're 50, you're in youth Congress. After that, you become real Congress. Right? So you only get like an election seat after you're 60. Uh, <laughs> so... Um, I think yes, don't worry about being too old. We spoke about your question, but I will be saving this so you'll be able to go back to the question later. Um, yes. Sorry, continue on. Hello, my sister's on this live. Um, <laughs> hello, hello. But Sakshi, uh, for social media presence, right? And for everybody watching, social media presence is incredibly important today more than ever because it's the way that political parties will also be able to gauge whether or not you have some sort of relevance in the political space, right? And you have a platform that you can use your voice for. But that's a double-edged sword, right? Having 10,000 followers who are dispersed across the country is less useful in a political space than just knowing 2,000 people in one, uh, one sort of area in a city. Right? If you know 2,000 people in one wadi or one housing society or one lane who will root for you, that is more important and one and more sort of uh, valuable than having 10,000 people who follow you across the country. And that's very important that a lot of people, you know, this is a, this is a thing that I see very often uh, with young folks, especially who want to enter politics. And this is queer, non-queer as well, that just because they have like 150,000 followers on Twitter, they feel like they can win an MP election. Like one, honey, you need to get seven lakh votes to win an MP election. Like, and that's seven lakh people voting for you, not following you on Twitter. Uh, two, uh, to win an MP election, those seven lakh people have to be from one area. Right? So you have to do significant amount of groundwork to be able to dream of contesting an election. So I think going back to our first conversation as well, right? It's important to identify a constituency and work towards building up a solid, committed core group of supporters in one area. Mm-hmm. Because remember, it takes around 10,000 votes to become corporator. It takes around 60,000 to a lakh votes to become MLA. Now I'm talking about Maharashtra. Each state obviously differs. Goa, great. 3,000 votes to become an MLA. Do it. Um, and it takes around 6 to 7 lakh votes to become uh, an MP. So always build your core support base in a smaller area and ensure that you can take it forward and build upon it through your social media presence. So ensure that you don't compromise right. one for the other. And thank you for this. More sessions like this. Gacy, invite yes. me now. I'm always here. Two more we sessions. Do. Are we do. We have two already pipelined. Two are. Two are. Two are. Mira, please, Mira, 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 show renew Karu. We will please, we will renew. please to renew my show. We shall, Haan. we shall. Wait, wait. Haan. We're not even halfway through. Yet. Yes, that... conversation lagta hai na? I have so many questions. I'm trying to like, jump through them. Um, how do we navigate this <clears> with the things we have done in our past? We may regret. Actually, this is a very typical question. How do we navigate this as a political aspirations? Um, so how do we, I think what she's generally referring to is also just the idea that 
um how does one try and negotiate their initial stances in life in along with experiences comments etc with who they wish to be and what they wish their platform to be difficult questions that's actually opposing <laughs> today uh, the other question that was also how do schools change is an important one i'm going to take that arjun and hi varun hi everybody else who's joined sending you lots of love people drop your questions we're at pink sabha we're discussing what it's like to be queer and in politics and we're going to tell you all about developing a platform so if you're just catching up now this live is going to be saved you'll be able to see what happened yeah. before we're discussing a few nitty gritties what to do about your past life and what to do about all those facebook statuses that you put 10 years ago that you don't stand by or some horrendous tweets that you put out or some uh surprising photos and forgot to recall uh, or delete mhm and surprising photos one please delete all of them before you join politics like delete them before there's a trace like trust me on this do like a social media sweep just like ensure that any of that stuff that you put out is gone uh, and in the future be more careful about what you put out right uh the internet doesn't forget yeah and today more than ever we're at a time in political life where what you put out doesn't uh, leave you ever and continues to haunt you like even with what's happening right now in the galwan valley a lot of people are bringing up uh, the statements made by politicians before they got elected right yeah and like criticizing the government at that time and being like you're telling people not to criticize the government now but you were doing the same thing when there was a border conflict 8 years ago so much, what much, is this hypocrisy how much space also is there in politics for nuances because um it is possible to say that one has grown one has changed one has learned or conversations have evolved over time but how much space is there to address that when something gets picked up from one's past right So that's the crucial difference between electoral politics and social media slash larger scale work. Mm-hmm. You have to ensure that the people who vote for you believe in you. The rest of the people can go to hell, right? Because their opinions are something that you can't shape personally. So you have to ensure that those who vote for you believe that you've changed or that those views don't matter. Mm-hmm. The rest of that is hype that gets created. Uh, in the sort of digital age that can be countered that can be sort of challenged and that sort of loses its way as well but once you have your core vote bank sorted uh, we see a lot of problematic people continuing to win elections right despite right. Uh, being called out despite having a lot I of mean, their that uh, that I, I partly believe it's because we consciously believe in these problematic ideas as opposed to the fact that they get elected despite them and they get elected huh, because but, of them but But if absolutely. That's not, that's not but they're 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 sort of catering to their voter base, right? Right, absolutely. So they know that those ideas will help them win an election. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Yes. Okay. Can we quickly come to Arjun's question? I think he had something he wanted to say. Um, ha. So ये बच्चों का क्या करना? And a drama teacher, I was reprimanded for talking about the distinction between hmm. sexuality and gender. There are thirteen year olds. How do schools change? Um. Do you have anything to respond to this? Good question. You know, I'm also a theater wala, so I completely see where you're coming from. You need to tell them that watch Nata Samrat, watch Nata Samrat, watch about the history of theater in this country, about the history of playing with gender, about this beautiful narrative that we have that's created through your Lavnis and your Bhans in Kashmir and so many other performances that challenges this notion of gender and sexuality long before it came to be termed gender and sexuality, right? 
um and it's a hard road ahead especially when parents and kids are involved but also, i think i'll repeat schools, what i said earlier. i think are just these institutional spaces just become particularly challenging to deal with because mm-hmm. there are so many um i guess individuals involved in in that space there's so many stakeholders involved and it becomes a very complicated space to talk about um mm-hmm. so there is an entire extra layer of tension added mm-hmm absolutely so i think a uh, difficult space to navigate i don't have any answers for you except go back to the classics and make them do a play that involves cross dressing <laughs> sort of challenge it there make them do drag take them for a drag show go see durga's drag uh, okay, they're fantastic going to quickly cut in again and jump into another huh. question um we have somebody asking us we need to be more accessible in ways we communicate our politics with others and elitist rhetoric always may limit reach and appeal हाँ बिल्कुल No. Politics needs to be grassroots focused. Politics needs to be communicated uh, to communities, and that's why politics will depend upon grassroots level work, and will depend upon us speaking to our communities to make a difference. That's the crucial distinction. Social media, ten thousand people following, great. Mm-hmm. But my lane, my gully, my society, two thousand people following, massive. Right. Absolutely. Right. Um. And that's where we can make it accessible and. and suited to context what do you think are the what are the first steps to sort of keep in mind okay i've decided this is what i want to do i've decided i want to be part of electoral politics um i want to represent the community i've decided that okay now i must find a platform um that showcases my very unique voice and the things that i care about um but what are the steps what would you say are the things that i should now how much time do we have <laughs> so we are almost not, out not, of time much, we don't have much, much time we don't have much time so we'll cover this we can talk about this yeah we'll take this later. next episode ha huh? we'll take okay. this next episode but i think the first thing is be involved in any form of social movement that involves a collection of people what is politics bringing people together it's a mm-hmm. numbers game right so there's a protest happening about ra and 10 people from your society are going forward be involved in that because those 10 people are going to be important right is there some covid-19 relief work happening where 50 neighborhood aunties have come together to donate money for somebody be involved in that and like become an integral part of that if there is a facebook group for your neighborhood where people are posting about needs be active on that and make sure that you are the person who people come to for help basically find a way to make ways. sure that people know you exist and find a way to showcase your voice and make sure that your voice reaches people um and help right help, help. with all your capabilities people don't expect um people don't expect you to do things that you can't right people don't expect you to fix their potholes people don't expect you to uh give them a job what they want to see is that you're doing the best that you can mm-hmm. and that counts for more than anything that you possibly imagine so start by doing that and okay. then build those steps forward great Thank you so much. We still have a few more questions. I don't think we have that much time. I'm going to take one last question um, before we wind up. In the less ness, we can sort of take up 
the next time. Okay. Um, so we have Kavita asking us how do we combat important intersectional socio-political sexual work being co-opted by corporates, example profit-oriented digital dating apps. <laughs> <laughs> I'll answer this question or what? Very nice. Okay, so, um, yeah, I'm ready to answer everything. <laughs> but a uh, bunch of other questions also about uh, work in rural areas. It's much harder there, but it's possible. Right. Uh, one thing avoid completely always is queer people because we're very prone to do this and I'm honestly going to be putting out a post on this on Pinterest so you should find that day after tomorrow or maybe even tomorrow, Yay, tomorrow Friday, really day after that. tomorrow Saturday <laughs> no parachute activism no parachute activism don't think that you can just drop into a rural area and be like I will teach you how to live life read Maya Sharma we were just discussing Maya Sharma last time. Read Maya Sharma, rural areas have had forms of queerness being accepted for a much longer time than all our city walas have had them being accepted. And we don't need to butt our nose in wherever we need to go to. So parachute activism, don't do COVID, so you stay at home, stay home, stay safe and work in your own neighborhoods. No need to go and rescue some village in Haryana. We should definitely take up next time is this this con this general idea that... um urban folks tend to have about rural areas in terms of how Haan. does one have how does one intervene correct like. so, next time we'll discuss Bilkul, this in a little more came about as this idea. This question we will sorry what come next week come next week come 6 next p.m week, we'll Thursday. talk about this in detail we'll talk Haan. about what intervention means but also the fact that we shouldn't also the fact that the alternative is not to leave areas be completely and sort of be in your urban cocoons because that's also yeah. not really what we're talking about. Yeah. So just how does but one navigate both of, yeah, how does one navigate these spaces uh, and not do either one of these things that are well awful mm -hmm. positions actually. Mm -hmm. uh, we'll talk about I'm gonna answer time. this last question. I'm gonna answer this last question about uh, um, appropriation yes. by corporate entities. Yes. Pinkwashing, go see our post on it, very important. Pinkwashing is done by corporates. Pinkwashing is done by politicians, like those who used LGBTQ plus rights, Canadian politicians who used LGBTQ plus rights to uh, advocate for war against Iran, when in reality they wanted oil and other natural resources. <laughs> it's used by uh, governments, like our wonderful central government that has used the Transgender Persons Protection of Rights Act uh, as a... <sighs> as a shining light about how queer-friendly India is on the global stage and painted itself in rainbow colors when all the trans people in India have been telling them it's vile and transphobic and incredibly unjust. And I think caution can be done by queer organizations themselves, like in Orlando after the shootings when right-wing gay Republicans used the shooting to justify Islamophobia and unveil the most racist slurs possible, forgetting that uh, queer people were involved there and queer Muslims were involved there as well, right? Yeah. And so uh, avoid pinkwashing at all costs. Yes, call them out. <laughs> call corporates. Call corporates out when they engage in these things. And remember that uh, at this time, there's enough space for a lot of these movements to coexist. And don't be disheartened. Don't be disillusioned by the fact that so much of... Uh, co-option is happening all around you. Don't be afraid that uh, our movements are being um, taken over. Continue to fight, continue to celebrate, continue to have fun while fighting back. 
and i promise it will work out in the end because us is not a quick struggle it's not going to change in 5 years it's not going to change in 10 years it's maybe not going to change in our lifetimes and many more before us have fought against homophobia transphobia queerphobia in all forms what makes us think that we are so unique that we're going to be able to fix the world in a jiffy keep fighting back maze lo build um, community and sachi on financial viability, viability. yes mm-hmm. sachi i have to answer your question because you are the one running <laughs> but uh, we're going to answer this final question on financial viability politics is not a financially viable profession it is exactly why people become corrupt when they join politics it is because it is an incredibly expensive profession and winning an election takes a hell lot of money and we're going to discuss that in extreme detail next episode because we have to find ways to make it possible and viable and that's only going to happen when we restructure the ways in which we think of politics as a whole But that's right. a whole big different conversation right now do not enter politics thinking that it's a profession that will earn you your bread and butter be careful about that because otherwise you will be consigned to being a karyakarta and earning 10000 rupees per month for the rest of your life and that is not a future you want for yourself but with that it's over and out for me stay home stay safe be happy remember that this is a struggle for equal rights if queer people have to move forward if we want to have our rights heard then we're going to have to have others hop onto our bandwagon and that includes dalit rights adivasi rights uh, counter islamophobia narratives and all sorts of pan social movements that are operating in this wonderful country that we call home today and that's what we're going to be able to build in the years moving forward a uh, coalition a rainbow whatever satrangi coalition that really does incredible work across the board that's going to be able to transform the narrative just like hollywood transformed the narrative virtually on netflix mm-hmm. and build a better future for each one of us yeah because that's okay, the thing you. so you've done my job for me um i didn't have to end this for anybody today so i'm i'm just going to end it on this because he's done my job for me thank you every thank you for coming on okay, bye. um bye bye we'll see bye. you again next week bye, bye.